All right, everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan here. You are listening to episode 134 of the Creator Smarts podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk to Nicholas Crystal. And Nicholas is somebody that I discovered last summer. Um, I was scrolling through my YouTube newsfeed and I saw a video that he did. The title was something with the word dopamine detox in it. And, you know, most of us, especially if you're a creator, if you work online, we are distracted all the time, right? We check our phones every five minutes. Um, we, we check, I don't know, all kinds of websites. We receive messages on Facebook. We are distracted all the time and it's very hard to stay focused nowadays. So Nicholas did a video where he quit social media, uh, eating junk food, a few other things for one week. And um, I watched that video. In that video, he really takes you on a journey. It's very well done. Um, Great storytelling. And I was like, okay, this guy is going to be big on YouTube someday. So I better connect now. And that's what I did. It took me a while to convince him to do this podcast interview. But eventually, um, yeah, I got him on the show. I'm really happy to do this interview. And, um, And to connect to, well, one of the fastest growing upcoming Uh, YouTube creators in the storytelling slash filmmaking niche. So in this interview today, we're going to talk about how Nicholas made his breakthrough on YouTube. Um, He's also going to give us a behind-the-scenes look of his detox, uh, dopamine detox experience and why we should all give the try, everyone, and and then uh, some of the results that he got, some of the benefits of doing that, and some of the new insights that it gave him. And then he's also going to tell us how to become a better storytelling and how to use storytelling um, to create better engaging a better engagement on our YouTube videos. So this and much more in my interview with Nicholas. So let's start the intro and then see you in the interview. This is the Create the Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey Nicholas, welcome to the Creator Smarts Podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Thank you. So yeah, uh, my name is Nicholas Crystal. I am 23 years old. I currently work full-time in YouTube and also built up an online shop for editing assets. And yeah, I just create videos about uh, filmmaking, self-development and travel. And I just try to to help other people find their passion and help them monetize their passion in order to make a living from it. Yeah, I mean, you seem to be living the dream, especially for a 23-year-old. I mean, you recently had your breakthrough in YouTube, living in South Africa, doing stuff that you like. So yeah, we want to know how you got there. Um, can you maybe share a little bit about your background, like where where you come from? Um, I think you have some background in, in filmmaking. Uh, tell us about how you got started on YouTube. Okay, so you want the whole story or yeah, like because why, it, why it, it starts very, very I, early. I, I think honest. it's interesting, yeah, because I, I saw you talking about it on YouTube. So yeah, why not? Why okay. not give us the, the entire okay, story? Okay, sure. So like it started all the way back probably when I was like 12 years old. I got my first like little digital like small camera. And I just used it to film whatever I was excited about, like me doing scooter videos, 
doing like, I don't know, me riding on a bike, short films together with friends where we just kind of like dressed up as, as soldiers in, in the forest and shot that kind of stuff. Just whatever we, we felt like. And then um, I already started watching YouTube at that age and I was, I was fascinated by the platform. When you were like I, 13 years old? When I was like, yeah, 12 to 13 years old, I already discovered like YouTube and I watched all sorts of different YouTubers. And um, that was kind of like my go-to place when it comes to learning things. And and then I um, I started to do like, like different YouTube channels throughout the years when I grew up, like until I was like 16, 17, I had, I don't know, two or three different YouTube channels, um, like at the different stages. The first one was just like those small <clears throat> funny videos and I had one channel together with uh, with my with one of my best friends, and uh, there we created like small sketches and and stuff like that. And it was actually going quite well. I think like on those videos we had forty thousand views at one at one point and a couple of subscribers as well. Um, but at some points we were just said like, okay, this is this is like this is too. Like this is not going to help us in the future. Was not serious enough. We just took them private. Sorry. Yeah, it was not serious enough, or it was. Yeah, it was just like I don't know. I I thought it would maybe hurt our reputation in the future. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was just like too funny at some point. <laughs> can, we, can we still find um, a video somewhere? No, you can't. That's that's what I'm saying. I took all of them private. And yeah, so I built up different YouTube channels. And then when I approached like the age of like 16, 17, 18, I got closer and closer to graduating from high school. And um, yeah, at that point, I just kind of told myself, okay, like I, I now need to find out what I want to do in my life. Like, how can I make money? How, what, what am I going to do? And to be honest, it was a question that always stressed me out a little bit to, to kind of like, find exactly what I'm burning for and to dedicate, I don't know, my education, everything towards that for, for a long period of time. And yeah, I still just saw like filmmaking as a hobby and nothing serious, nothing I could actually make money from. I just did it uh, because I loved it. And so when I came closer to graduation, I shifted my focus more towards school. I kind of like dropped filmmaking, didn't make any videos. And um, yeah, then I, I graduated from school and I decided to travel for one year. So as I was too stressed out about like deciding on a major that I want to study in, I just said like, I'm going to travel. I'm, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to talk to other people who are probably in the same situation. And I'm going to see like if I find what, what's, what my passion is. And then I, I traveled, I just took like one little GoPro with me, a ton, like so many of my friends told me like I should take my, my camcorder with me and I should make travel vlogs and all that stuff. Probably it would have been a great idea. It would have been like right there, I could have started my YouTube channel already. But I myself told, my, told me that like I want to have a fresh start. Like I don't want this to, to start with filmmaking and then be too focused on it, but I just want to see everything that's out there. So I said, okay, I'm not gonna do like a YouTube channel and create videos, but I'm just going to take that GoPro Hero 3 that I got from my dad for graduation, and I'm gonna like capture a couple of moments. So when traveling, um, took a couple of photos with that GoPro, edited them on my phone, and then I got more and more into like landscape photography. Came to Australia, bought my first laptop, <laughs> got um, my first like Adobe softwares, learned how to use Photoshop, learned how to use Lightroom, and 
yeah, then I just got really deep into landscape photography, traveled afterwards as well, and just created a lot of photos. And then when I came back, I just kind of like realized, hey, I want to get back into filmmaking. Like photography, it was a lot of fun. And it was like, yeah, it was really cool to learn that process of editing, uh, shooting and editing photos. But um, it was just, I felt like filmmaking just had so much more to offer um, because there's like so many different variants going into filmmaking. And then when I came back, I bought my first like small filmmaking camera and I just started to practice. I just started to watch YouTube videos nonstop. Um, I just started to go out, practice with friends, shoot with friends, uh, all that stuff just to get better at it. Um, because I felt like I had a lot of ideas in my mind, but I wasn't able to show other people what I mean. And I definitely felt that at the beginning of, of filmmaking. It's kind of like if you, <clears throat> If you try to speak in another language and you can't really say what you have in your mind, that was the same for me in filmmaking. So I just decided I'm going to practice a lot until I'm at a point where I can say, hey, like I'm 100% able to show other people what I feel and what like what vision I have of, of life. And yeah, so I just kept going with that. And um, I decided um, against going to university, against going to film school, um, mainly because I always enjoyed the whole process of um, like scripting a video, shooting a video and editing a video. And I did different like internships uh, in, in different uh, film production companies. And I was just never really, I don't know, it was just not my, my world of filmmaking, you know? Like there's a lot of separation when it comes to the different tasks. There is a director, there's a um, <clears throat> DOP, there are different assistants, like everybody has this one job. And what always amazed me of the of filmmaking was to do like the whole project. And I feel like a lot of the vision vision gets lost if, if there's too many people involved. Like you have to be, have like the exactly right people in order to pull through with that. And so I just told myself, okay, hey, film school, you always have to decide on like one topic. I didn't want to do it. Um, so I just told myself, hey, I'm going to just learn by doing it. And that's why I did like two internships, one in a, um, in a design agency where I did, uh, I was in the motion design department. So that's where I learned a little bit more in Premiere Pro and editing and also uh, in After Effects, like some animation stuff. And then I did an internship in a film production company um, where I was kind of like, I actually, actually, I applied to for a, a real job at at that film production company, but they wouldn't take me because I didn't have a degree. I had a really good portfolio at that point already, like not big clients, but good videos. And still, they just said like, yeah, uh, you don't have a degree and all that stuff. So they said like, you can do an internship here, and I was like, don't, didn't really want to do it, but I said like, okay, I would much rather just like get some knowledge there and just take those like three months. And so I did the internship there and then one other opportunity arise, um, which was that another YouTuber uh, was looking for um, kind of like a content creator, a person who films uh, and edits as well. And so I was like, like a friend of mine actually told me about that. And um, it was actually an online application where you would have to create a one and a half minute video about yourself, um, like what you do, why you do what you do, and show a little bit of your work. So I applied to, to that job and um, got invited. And in the end, I, I ended up getting that job with another colleague as well. Um, and yeah, then actually the, the people at the film production company 
by that point they offered me a proper job <laughs> but then i already had the other one so I, i moved to another town in germany worked for the other youtuber he was actually a racing driver in formula e which is like an electric racing series and there i just got really sucked into like the professional world of youtube you know like before i just did videos for the pure fun of it. Um, but now I just kind of saw, okay, this is how the platform works. Um, this is how you can monetize a business. And um, yeah, there I just got like, I don't know, I, I learned a, like a lot in these two years. First of all, when it comes to the efficiency of, of editing, because YouTube is just a different a different um, game than, than a film production, for example, because you have to deliver videos on a consistent basis. You have to be very, very fast in editing. And that's where, like, in that time, I really optimized my editing workflow. And like, we would have to edit videos in, like, two days, sometimes one day, the big videos in three days, but that's it, you know. And <clears throat> so I did that uh, for two years. And then at some point, I, I just kind of felt like, hey, I'm, I'm not really passionate about this work anymore because I was just filming cars a lot of times and I'm not really that much of a car guy. I thought this job would be the perfect opportunity because I can do YouTube, I can do photos, videos, editing, all everything, you know, that's what I wanted to do. But uh, I was never really passionate about cars. And at, at that point, I was like, hey, I'm at a really good point where I know how to make videos, how to share my ideas. So why not just like quit my job and do my own thing? So I quit my job, COVID happened, and uh, I also wasn't able to get many freelance projects as well. Like I did a couple of freelance projects for other car companies at that point, but then when COVID ca happened, obviously everybody had like lower budgets and I decided to just like also start with my own YouTube channel at the side. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's where I created my first YouTube videos. That's a pretty good story, and, man. That, let's let's yeah. do a quick recap before moving on. Um, so many people go to university for four years, right? For, for the, the degree in, in filmmaking, for example, you decided to do everything by yourself. Um, you, you, said, you, you mentioned that you did internships. Did you do those internships while not being right. in, in university? Can you do that? Can you just apply for internships yeah. where you're not? Yeah, yeah. 100% you can. Um, I mean, all these companies, if they want interns, they just want to have people who are hungry to learn more and who are just kind of like cheap employees, as, as bad as that sounds. But that's that's the reason for a lot of companies. And if you tell them, hey, I already have some experience in these topics, I want to learn more, but I can like provide a lot of value to your company, then uh, 100% you can get internships without uh, studying. How long did it take you to get to a level where you... <clears throat> where you could say that you were a professional or a qualified filmmaker just like a matter of a few years what what do you think is you think it's quicker like the way you you, you learn filmmaker quicker than going to university um it's just a different type like different type of filmmaking i would say um what a professional filmmaker is is up to everybody like i think everybody has a definition of that but um i would say that like through the like through this time of doing like internships and working, like gaining working experience, I learned everything so fast and I can't imagine that I would have learned it that fast in, in university. Yeah. Wow. And then you decided to quit your job and you, you did not really have a backup plan then? Um, no, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't. I was at, at a point in that job where I said, hey, 
I like all of the like the whole workflow of creating those videos was becoming monotonous because it was all always a similar structure of the video, always just like one or two days to edit those videos. So that's why I wasn't challenged to actually come up with new things. I wasn't able to, I don't know, do an animation there to share more of, of that specific part of the video. And yeah, I just felt like it kind of helped me back from learning more. And also, obviously, I was not super passionate about it. And that's where I said, hey, in that time before, when I just kind of like practiced, went out with friends and shot videos, I learned so much more. And I was still very young um, when, when I quit my job. I, I was, I think, 20, 21 and, or 22. And um, I just said like, hey, I'm super young. I just want to do the thing where I learn the most about filmmaking right now. I don't, I don't want to earn a lot of money. Um, and that's when I said, Hey, I want to do something I'm passionate about. It was, was really just kind of like tearing me, tearing me apart from the inside because filmmaking is something I, I know it's one of the most important things in my life. And if I use that skill to showcase a car in a beautiful way, that's definitely something different than creating videos, which impact the lives of other people. And that's when I decided, Hey, like if I want, like, I, I want to make long-term changes right now, so I'm just going to start with my own business. And uh, even if it takes, I don't know, four years, um, I'm just going to start right now. Um, what made you feel confident enough that you, you could just quit your job, start a YouTube channel and live off that? Like, were there other people out there that were doing this full-time in your niche, in the filmmaking niche? Who were like your examples? Um, yeah, there were definitely other people, like <clears throat> obviously the big names like Peter McKinnon, Maddie Hapoya, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I'm really, I have a dry throat right now. Is that, is that the <coughs> South African variant of, of COVID? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's here. Yeah, there were tons of people, um, tons of filmmakers on YouTube already who, who were living off that. So I knew that it was possible. And working for the other YouTuber, I also saw how you build up those different revenue streams and what is possible in terms of like uh, sponsoring fees as well. And I was like, at, 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 at some point I was like, hey, I feel like I'm, I also have interesting ideas that I can share with the world. I know how to create videos and I know how the business side works. So I was like, why, why, shouldn't, be people, uh, why shouldn't people be interested in what I have to share if I, if I create very like visually appealing videos about it and improve my storytelling to a point where people really identify with the work I do. Um, so I don't know, it's, it's, I, it's, a, it's a question I get a lot, how, um, how, how you can be so brave at a young age or something like that, but as soon as you just like have those first small wins, um, then you just kind of like realize, hey, like I can do this myself. Like I worked for another YouTuber for two years and then you just realize, hey, I'm actually more of an interesting person than this other guy I make videos for. Uh, why, why not just do my own thing? Yeah, that, that confidence, that's crucial, right? If you don't have that confidence, you're never going to make progress. And that's why it's so important to, to surround yourself with other people. I mean, I saw on Instagram that you're doing something similar in, in South Africa now, right? You rent a villa with other filmmakers, with other YouTubers, other people who maybe do other things. Um, yeah. but who are ambitions and for like a similar vision on life. And you, you used to work for that. Uh, that racer, that, that, that driver, right? Yeah. 
Yes, and, and, and that's again where you learned, okay, if he can do it, then maybe I can also do it for myself. And then once you have that confidence, yeah, it's, it's, there's less of a risk because you know, you know that it's possible. Then the big question, of course, is how, how long is it going to take you to get to a level where you can sustain your life, right? Yeah. How long yeah. that, did yeah. that take? Like, was that, did it take longer or was it faster than uh, you? No, it was, it was faster than expected for sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, when I worked in that other job, I already kind of like saved some money to have some sort of like, um, like pillow to fall back on if it doesn't work out. So I would have been able to like work for a year without um, like do YouTube for a year without actually earning money and I would have still been able to to survive. Um, but yeah, I just like started with YouTube. I was still doing freelance projects at the same time back then. So I was <clears throat> like doing my YouTube videos, which obviously didn't earn any money. And then I would, for example, go for a week to, to another city and shoot for, for Mercedes for one week. And then I would come back, do videos again. And it was at that point where it was like, I would say maybe like, 50 50 50 uh, freelance projects 50 youtube and yeah throughout the, the the upcoming months it just shifted more and more that youtube grew bigger and freelance projects grew smaller because for me it was just like youtube was so much more fun and as soon as i got a little bit of traction on some videos i saw like okay like this is enough for me to be confident in it and and to just like go 100% in this and yeah then like I I I'm not exactly sure actually when I went full time YouTube but I think it was around six months ago probably um, where I said hey I'm not gonna take any freelance projects uh, which which is a which was a very good decision but it's hard to stick through to be honest like if there's still like big clients coming up and saying like hey I have this huge project, huge budget, um, but you just have to tell like, no, like, I'm not taking on freelance projects right now because I'm dedicating my time towards YouTube, even though it earns less money. It was for a long time that YouTube earned less money than freelance projects, but now obviously it, it took off and uh, it's, it's above freelance projects, yeah. Yeah, so I, I used to run a translation agency and it was always very tempting as well to just focus on that because it's a, it was, well, it was a profitable business. Right, and then at some stage it was actually last year around this time I said, okay, now I'm gonna do Creative Smarts full time, and it was making much less money with this, and it's it, it's very difficult to kill something that's that's profitable, yeah. right? But you know that in the long term it makes more sense that you should focus yeah, yeah, on yeah. the things that are working. So yeah, that's a very brave decision. Um, how do you get clients like Mercedes? Are these like all referrals or? Um, so. As I worked for like the other racing driver, we also worked for, for example, for Audi Sport um, and the Michelin, Scheffler, like different huge brands because they were sponsors of that racing driver. And so we also sometimes we like we, we also worked as like a production company as well there where we created videos for the, those sponsors, you know, and um, actually. I didn't get that like Mercedes contact through my last job, but through the colleague of my last job, he was approached by one from Mercedes to work on those projects. And then um, he like they needed a second uh, a second cameraman as well. And then we did a couple of projects with them. But yeah, it's it was yeah just kind of like networking and um, yeah I think that's that that was like the main reason where where people came towards me but sometimes they also just like at, at some point with YouTube they also just started seeing my videos and they said like hey I would love to 
to work together with you because I see you can create amazing videos and that's where also like some clients came in. So YouTube was definitely also uh, like a factor or like even if you just post a lot of videos and photos on YouTube or Instagram, even if they don't get a lot of traction, if just some of the right people see it, then you can get amazing like freelance project as well because people just see how how many good videos you upload and how good your quality is. Obviously, it's kind of like the modern portfolio. Yeah, let's talk about your YouTube journey then because you started the new channel or the new channel, the current channel, what, a few years ago? I actually started it, I think, in March 2020, I think. So it was, uh, yeah, it was around like a good one and a half years ago, like almost, almost two years ago, yeah. So you said, okay, I can do this. What was the strategy in the beginning? In the, in the beginning, um, whew, that's, a, that's a really good question because I think I didn't have a strategy, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, in the beginning, it was for me just, <clears throat> I, I did so many videos about like cars and just like filming them in a beautiful way, just doing like cinematic shots and people were amazed by that, obviously, like a few a few years ago when when filmmaking got big on youtube everybody was excited like okay this is slow motion this is like a nice shot on a gimbal and all that stuff so i was just all about like making things look beautiful and when i got into youtube i was like hey i want to make a different approach to this which is that i want to solve that problem that i had back then as a young guy when i was 16 of like being stressed out to find your passion and being stressed out to kind of stick to the ways which society gives us, which is like, hey, go to university, study something in economics so that you can get some money when you're old. And I just wanted to kind of like address this, that topic. And it's like, I, I was not 100% confident to just talk about that. So I was also making videos about filmmaking as well, um, like giving tips to other people on how to, how to film and all that stuff. And yeah, so, I just kind of like got more and more into that self-development topic as well, where I try to not only use filmmaking to make things look good, but to actually use filmmaking to tell that story in the most intense emotional way possible so that people actually connect with it. And after watching that video, they think, hey, I'm going to change something about my situation now and I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do with my videos. and. I just kind of like tried to do this in the first videos and it was always a switch of doing self-development and filmmaking, self-development and filmmaking. And yeah, it got bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, at some point, um, different different topics just started to get traction and it grew bigger and bigger, yeah. And then your breakthrough was that detox video, I think, or not? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to to pinpoint the exact, like there were different breakthroughs, I would say. I think in every YouTuber's journey, there are probably different breakthroughs. Nobody's an overnight success. Um, I think like the, the first like breakthroughs were some of the first drone videos I created. Um, I bought myself a new drone, um, the Mavic, Mavic Air 2, and I created some like cinematic videos of where I was just filming in Mallorca or in Greece. Um, just like really beautiful shots and um, yeah, those videos got a lot of views like at some point they had like 200, 300,000 and that's that's actually when I realized, okay, YouTube can actually work out, you know, and then I created um, a, dope, uh, a social media detox actually, social media detox video and 
that video just performed as usual, nothing special. It had, I don't know, like after six months, it had 20,000 views. And then after six months, it exploded. It just like, oh, like really? It only off. exploded after yeah. six months. After six months, that was a crazy thing. After six months, it completely exploded and went viral. And then I think now it has two million. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it has one and a half million or something like that. Um, <clears throat> That's how I yeah, found so you through that video, but probably only after six months when it went viral. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and yeah, so that was like the second breakthrough, and then I made like some self-development videos, for example, about my routine. It also, it also like it's not completely viral, but also got a lot of views. And yeah, I just consistently tried to put out new content, which was like yeah, still consistently gaining views, but nothing going viral. And then when I created that uh, dopamine detox video, um, I knew that it had potential because. I already created that so, uh, that social media detox uh, video, and I was like, "Hey, this is such an interesting topic. I want to try this for myself." And um, I, I was sure that uh, it, it would get some views, at least. And yeah, I just posted that video, and it immediately kind of started to take off, and it just didn't really stop. I think I, I didn't even know the views. I think it's four or five million right now, um, but it was like way bigger than I ever expected. And then at that point, yeah, that was like that was like the true turning point. I think in that time I gained a hundred thousand subscribers per month uh, for like two months or something like that. And then it kind of slowed down, and then it was like all the big YouTubers, all the big filmmakers, like I don't know, sending me a DM on Instagram about that video. And um, that can was you, like, can yeah, you give a, a few names? Like who were some of the people that reached out to you that you thought, wow? Um, yeah, so one was like Sam, Sam Calder, who was like, he's like one of the biggest names in the filmmaking uh, filmmaking world. So I've been watching his videos probably since I was 12 years, you know, like he was one of the early, early uh, YouTube idols. Uh, so he reached out, uh, Maddie Hapoya, um, uh, Benjamin Ortega, um, oh, who else? There were a ton of people. I think like I saw also, a, like, a comment from Graham Stephan, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Stephen Graham. Yeah, on on that video, they commented so many people, but like actually people directly reaching out to me and which I'm in contact with now. But yeah, on that video, a ton of people commented. Um, it was crazy to see how actually like the whole YouTube world saw that video. And um, yeah, that was a point that was like a true turning point where um, like a lot of new like sponsors reached out. Um, the community grew really like tight and like they they were really engaged with the content i was creating and yeah i think that was like the main the main breakthrough how was the dopamine detox because you know we as creators we are online all the time uh, we mm. uh, following everywhere it's very easy to get distracted and to not be productive um you switched off your your social media for 30 days and a few more things i think yeah how, how yeah. was that experience in the end Sorry? How was that experience in the end? Um, it was great. It was great. Um, I'm thinking about doing it again soon, to be honest, um, because, yeah, it was just like, as I, as I described in that video, it's just no distractions, you know, like absolutely no distractions. And you kind of like get back to that way of living your life as we would have done it, I don't know, 100 years ago, probably. Um, there's so many like modern things around us nowadays. And if you're working in social media, you probably see it even more um, because like you have to always be on your phone. There's like 
so many different things. You always have music. You always have something running in order to keep you entertained. There's like no point where we just like stand still and take some time to reflect, take some time to think about where we're at right now. And yeah, I just decided to like take take all of these distractions and like not use them for a week. And to be honest, it, it really changed my my mindset on that whole topic because in the end, all of these things, like some of these things more than others, but all of these are kind of addictions, you know? It's just that our brain is now trained to to live with these things and we can't live without these things, which I think is a really, like, which is probably one of the biggest deals of our generation, in my opinion, um, and especially the kids growing up with social media right now. Um, it's it's just something they, they can't have a decision about, you know? And that's what I tried to do with this video. I tried to wake people up and I tried to take them with me through that experience. I didn't want to talk about it and say like, hey, these could be benefits of um, like um, not doing all of these uh, different things. But I wanted to take people with me to actually see, like to feel what it's like to do that. That's why I edited the video in a, in a special way of sometimes not using music and you know, I just try to keep it very raw that people actually feel like they did the social, uh, the, the dopamine detox by themselves. And yeah, I think like, honestly, I think like a ton of people actually did a dopamine detox after that video. There were so many people like sending me emails, sending me Instagram DMs and YouTube, YouTube comments as well, where they just said like, hey, I did a dopamine detox and it changed my life. Like it, it sounds, it sounds so crazy, but that was always the impact I tried to see. And it literally, like, I, I literally get, like, long emails of people saying, hey, ever since I did that dopamine detox, I just have a completely different view on these different things where I use my attention on. And so many, so many of their lives, like, turn to the, to the better because now they can just actually focus on the things they want to do instead of just being... Um, distracted and being in, an, in another world all the time. Yeah, just for our <coughs> listeners who haven't watched that video yet, uh, what exactly did that mean, a dopamine detox? Well, a dopamine detox, so there's, there's like a lot of different takes on that and probably if I explain it right now, there's somebody going to say like, hey, this uh, is definitely not the way you describe a dopamine detox, but for me it is, for me it is just like um, avoiding avoiding the different sources of of like avoiding the modern sources of dopamine that we normally get distracted by on a daily basis for a period of time and i'm not talking about the dopamine sources that are actually good for us everybody needs dopamine if we meet friends we also get dopamine if we go to the beach and look at a beautiful sunset we get dopamine um I'm not talking about these things, but things that actually hold us back from from being still and living our own lives. So that would be like social media, junk food, all the things which we didn't have back then, but which were just introduced in our modern society to keep like to to put these dopamine levels on steroids and to just keep our attention. That's that's what it is for me. Did it get easier after a few days? <coughs> were, were the yeah, first days the hardest? Yeah. Yeah, like. The first one or two days, there were definitely like 
part where I just like felt triggered of like where where I sat on the toilet and I pulled out my phone and I just <laughs> saw like okay I don't have Instagram anymore I don't have Facebook anymore I can't do any of that put it back that happened actually a lot probably I don't know 20 times in the first two days where you just like put out your phone and you realize hey I'm doing this detox because it's just so hardwired in our brain to do that movement like every time we we I don't know go to the toilet for example we just do it and yeah, so so that was definitely in the beginning, but after a few days, um, you just you just roll with it and you you start to enjoy it. You you really start to enjoy it because you actually spend time with yourself. You have time to reflect and you you get insights that you normally wouldn't get. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely got easier throughout the whole experience. So why why not continue with the detox? Like, were there any things that you missed out on, or yeah? So, you mean wh why I wouldn't do it right now? I mean, for how long did you do it? For a week? Yeah, just a week. Yeah, why didn't you just, you know, continue with the detox after, mm. after the week? Yeah, so, obviously working in social media, you are a little bit dependent on those platforms. <clears throat> and, yeah, that's why I couldn't completely cut it out. But, yeah, to be honest, I would I would love to keep it up a lot more and apply more rules, but getting back to it and being able to use all of these things again, I just really felt how quickly you fall back into it because these algorithms, all these uh, different things are just designed to to get back our attention and like all these neural pathways that you kind of like built through these addictions and that you avoided for a week, they're still there and. If you just like go on social media one time again, you're back in the same thing. And that's why a dopamine detox is a good thing to realize the whole the whole issue, but it is not the complete solution to to get rid of these distractions. It's just there to kind of like wake you up and then you can apply rules to these different things. So that's why I'm still working on those different things myself, but um, I'm trying to spend almost no time on, on Instagram. I, I just try to like post my content on the different platforms. I sometimes like chat with the community and like create some stories, but I'm not, tr I'm trying to avoid like going on the explore page and all that stuff. And um, for some other things, I'm just trying to take like me time where I'm, I'm leaving all of these distractions. The thing is, if you're in that in that like zone of always just keeping like these distractions and you don't know that it distracts you from from being still then obviously you don't realize it but i just try for example yesterday evening i just like went on the terrace left my phone inside and just sat there for like one hour and i just had like so many like thoughts coming to my mind thinking about what i want to focus on for the next year and all that stuff and I'm just trying to create moments in my daily routine where I avoid all of these things. But right now I'm not doing like the hard way of avoiding it all the time. So now it's more like a dopamine diet. Could be kind of yeah, yeah, true. There, there true. Could that's, be a, a, that's a good. That's a good name. It could eh? be a new video idea. <laughs> that's gonna be a new video. <laughs> dopamine diet. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's all about finding that that balance, right? And I know to. I mean, I know it's just by talking to all the creators that everybody is struggling with this, you know, and even the people yeah. who say that they have the perfect answer, they're still flipping out the phone when they're on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Right? Everybody is struggling with it. And uh, yeah, I think it will be really interesting to 
to follow you at, on, on, on your journey, um, yeah. finding the right balance. Yeah, 100%. I definitely want to create a video on that uh, in, the, in the upcoming months. Because um, as I said, Adobe Detox is good for realizing the problem, but it's not the exact answer for solving the problem. Uh, because all of these things are just like already too, too common in our daily lives. But I think really finding that balance, I'm also tr like uh, building a habit of meditating, which is also kind of like abstaining from, from all of these things. And yeah, I, I really want to build a video about how to actually do this long term uh, instead of just doing it for one time then forgetting about it. Yeah, looking forward to that video. And I really <clears throat> like that detox video. Um, I think one thing that you're doing very well is it's, it's the filmmaking, but a big part of that is the storytelling, right? So you start, you really take people on a, on a journey. First, you educate them a bit about the topic, and then slowly you start introducing yourself and you take people on a journey with you. How, what are some of the, the, the most important things that we need to know about storytelling as a creator? Like, how do you create that engagement in your videos through storytelling? Um, it's a very hard question to answer, and I'm going to dive a lot deeper into that in the upcoming months um, because I plan on also, like, at least like slowly approaching an online course, um, because it's a thing I I learned throughout the last years of creating so many different YouTube videos, and it's something I intuitively do. But if I had to give a couple of tips, I would say. First of all, don't talk about things on YouTube, but actually show them. That's one of the most important things. There's a ton of people like sitting in front of the camera and <clears throat> like saying, let's take that dopamine detox example, just saying, hey, these could, like these are the benefits of doing a dopamine detox and you're um, going to be less distracted, you're going to be mo more focused and maybe they have some nice overlays um, of, of some videos, but it is completely different to actually like showing the people what it is like um, because then they actually feel like they went through the same thing and then they know, okay, this is actually interesting and I could apply this to my life. Um, so that's one thing. And obviously when it comes to the whole structure of the story, there is a lot of things that I learned throughout the last uh, months and years of how to just hook the people in the beginning, how to slowly build up tension to have a first peak then to have kind of like a fallback of where something, I don't know, bad happens. And then having like the the peak where everything kind of like turns to the better again. At least that's kind of like the tension for most of the videos. Um, and there's like, yeah, there's just different parts to storytelling. Um, for me, storytelling on YouTube is different to storytelling in cinema movies. It's uh, actually something that bothers, bothers me a little bit when it comes to uh, creating user videos, uh, that there's, there's so many content on the platform that you just kind of have to take, like you, you kind of have to make use of these dopamine hits to actually have people watching your videos. Um, that's something that annoys me a little bit because you have to have a very engaging, uh, super fast cut intro um, or else people are just going to leave because we're just used to that overload of information, you know? Um, but yeah, still, I would much rather create videos which go a little bit towards that direction, at least in the beginning, uh, rather than not having those people watch my videos. And, but when it comes, yeah, storytelling, there's like, there's so many different things. It's about how you film, 
the different uh, the different scenes. It's how you plan out the whole story. One big game changer for me was when I uh, got a program called Notion. It's a free software. Uh, only if you get higher plans, it costs something. And there, I just kind of like created my own workflow when it comes to um, planning and scripting videos. And that was a game changer for me because in the beginning I was always like, okay, I want to like tell these great stories and I want to um, like show other people what I what I care about. But actually like kind of like putting it on paper, writing down that script in a software or on your, yeah, in a software is actually better. Um, that just really helped me because then I see the different points, the different chapters I want to talk about. Then maybe I can rearrange some things because, okay, maybe like this could actually work better at the end because then the tension is higher. You know, there's like so many different things that you realize if you actually see it in front of you. And um, yeah, so I would say start scripting if you don't already. Um, watch a lot of other YouTubers who you think are good at storytelling and look how they film different things and just create a lot of videos because it's not something it's 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 with every craft in the whole world uh you will learn nothing just through theory but you have to do it over and over again i think by now i created i, I i'm not exactly sure but probably around 100 youtube videos also for that other person and you just have to do it over and over again and you will learn more and more things because you just learn one thing and then next time you do it again and next time you do it again and then it just becomes second nature you don't even think about it and then you can focus on other aspects um so when i go into my editing it's just already my workflow is i just did it so many times that it's just normal for me to do these things um so it's just like a lot of practicing and watching the people um watching watching your favorite youtubers with a different perspective actually think about why he does the things he does mm -hmm. So you're not taking on any freelance projects anymore, so how does Nicholas Crystal make a living? Of course, you have the YouTube channel, probably make some money with AdSense. Do you do sponsorships, for example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have around, I think, seven different uh, income streams. And I mean, that's always a lot, of a lot of YouTubers talk about it, that you have to maximize your revenue streams and all that stuff. Um, it makes sense, but at some point, it also makes sense to just focus on, on the best ones and really put a lot of time into those. Um, but yeah, I make uh, I make money from YouTube ad revenue, from sponsorships, um, from affiliate programs, which kind of go hand in hand with sponsorships sometimes. Uh, I also um, like sell some stock footage. It's like it's the smallest uh, income stream. But, you know, when I started out with YouTube, I just tried to kind of like explore every every single income stream to actually like give it some proper time to actually see if it brings in money. And then um, after a couple of months, I just saw, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And then obviously some of them I dropped, some of them I put more time into. Um, so yeah, it's these different things. And also I have my own online shop for editing assets. Um, so on there I sell like presets and LUTs, which are like filters for videos and photos to achieve the same color grade. And I also have two more products in development right now, which I'm going to launch probably beginning of next year. So these are like uh, animated text graphics and, and, and just kind of like small, small like things that help other filmmakers save time or achieve a specific effect. And yeah, so the online shop is also has grown into a, 
an income source, which is really nice. And um, I plan to launch these two more products, but then, as I said, I, I want to shift more focus to focus to creating again, to like doing a lot more YouTube and doing a lot more crazy projects and also take some time to, to work on that online course. Because I just felt like I built up all of these different revenue streams, then everything kind of exploded and everything grew big. And now I just have all of these different balls, all of these different balls in the, in the air at the same time, all of these different tof topics I have to take care of. And it's just like too much for one person. And then you lose focus on some other things. So that's, that's what I was thinking about yesterday on, on, on the terrace when I took my time. Like how, what, what, do I do, what do I want to focus on? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's, it's difficult, right? Because you are a creator, you need to keep learning about filmmaking, you need to keep doing YouTube, and at the same time, you also need to create all the courses, making sure that, I don't know, that you have your email marketing setting up that you're selling. Um, I think not long ago, I saw that you were hiring your first team members. How has that experience been? Um, Finding the right yeah. person, was it's that? It's also a learning experience, I would say. Um, at some point I said, hey, I definitely need at least one person to help me a little bit with like admin things, like doing taxes, replying to emails. Uh, like when, when that, when that uh, doping and detox video went viral, it was just like so many emails. And I don't know, I'm a person, emails email, email stress me out, to be <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um, Ever since that dopamine detox video went, went viral, I am so much slower at replying to to anybody, to friends and to emails because it's just too much. I'm just feeling like everybody who reaches out to me, I have to get back to all of them. Um, so that's why I decided to hire an assistant. Um, so she is actually, she's living in Australia. She's she's 20 years old, she's super young. Um, and yeah, she she's just working remotely. Um, part-time so just like 20 20 hours per week and yeah she just really helps me to at least like take care of these admin things also maybe a little bit of the newsletter and and stuff like that i also wanted to hire um an editor for my online shop and a product developer so that uh i have like one person who can specifically work on the online shop and i was just looking for people in my community because obviously like things like assistant or um, editing, these are things like, these are people that I could find in my com community. And yeah, I, I also looked for an editor, but I had a couple of um, applications and I gave them like a test project uh, in, in order to see how, they, how their skills are. But I wasn't really satisfied with uh, any of them. Like they were okay, but they were not great. And then I, I just kind of like put that back for now. Um, and right now I'm working actually together with another freelancer. Um, I don't know if you know the um, YouTube channel in a nutshell. So that's like, yeah, the animation YouTube channel. It's actually one of the animators from that YouTube channel who creates now the text graphics pack. Uh, Kurzgesagt, right? The, one of the, it's one of the biggest. Kurzgesagt, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's in German, Kurzgesagt, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, so that's why I did, I'm, I'm currently working with, with a freelancer. Obviously, they're more expensive, but they have so much, like he has so much knowledge in this topic and he gets things done in a fraction of the time. And yeah, so right now I, I, I'm not looking for, for um, maybe at, at some, some point down the road, I will still get a person to do full time the online shop. But right now I'm actually OK with launching these two more products. And then I will just focus on, on different things as well. 
All right, yeah, Nicholas, yeah. we're going to continue following you on your your journey with YouTube, with the courses, with everything else that you're doing. Um, anything else that you want to share with our community, with you know, upcoming creators, with creators that are struggling with distractions? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, basically everything I say. Like there's one one constant thing I say in all of my videos, which is just to 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 go for the things you actually want to do. That's that's what I learned throughout the last years. To actually like to to think lo long term right from the beginning. Don't like obviously when you're learning, when you're getting into filmmaking, you you have to learn in the beginning and you have to provide value to other people. But as soon as you have like you realize, okay, I'm actually good enough to to do my own thing then just go for, for the long-term projects and invest your time in the things where, um, where you're actually really passionate about. Because if you do these things consistently over a long period of time, you're going to see that they're going to work out. And I think it's just a really nice vision of the world to have more and more people doing, doing things they're actually really passionate about. So don't, don't, do, don't do anything that other people expect from you, but Try different things to find out what you what you really like, and then uh, go for it. I think that's I think that's super true, especially if you're in your twenties, right? Because that's when you can when can you afford to to fail. Like if you if you fail, then what? You just yeah, go back 100%. to Germany and you, you you find a job at a at a, yeah. at a at a local company. I think it's so important that you become good at at one thing. Yeah and, yeah, and and for you that's filmmaking, and it's okay if you not make money directly because you have time to figure it out. You can you know live yeah. with your parents in the worst case, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, if if you can do that, like in your twenties, become good at one thing, and of course you need to try lots of different things in order to find yeah. that one thing, right? You yeah. have been have been trying different things from a much yeah. earlier age, from what I've heard from this interview, but. Yeah. Yeah. Just try a lot of different things. As you said, like in your twenties, that's the time you can fail. Like now is the time to fail. <laughs> um, really, it, it is like that. There's like nobody gets good at something without failing. Uh, every time I now approach a new topic, um, like where I say, okay, this could be something I want to do long term. I just try to get in into it immediately because I know that I'm going to fail for so many times before before I become good at it. So that's like you have to be become comfortable with failing because every time you fail you learn something new and you become better all right nicholas we're going to check it out uh, your youtube channel nicholas crystal right just your name yes yeah and you're also on instagram anything else that we should yeah. know about your uh, online work no probably probably you can find everything on there nicholas crystal on youtube nicholas.crystal on instagram that's basically it yeah all right we're going to check it out thanks Alright, that was it for today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more, then please give this podcast a positive review in well, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do and how we can maybe help you growing your creator business, then make sure to go to creatorsmarts.com. Ciao.